Amen. I have so enjoyed this study talking about the Holy Spirit. And because we are doing this once a month, I kind of want to do a quick overview of what we've talked about so far. And I highly encourage you, um, if you want to know more of the teachings we've done more in depth um, on the Holy Spirit, to go back into our ar archives and um, listen to these, and because I'm just going to skim over very quickly to get us up to date to where we are now talking about the Holy Spirit. But we started out talking about the deity and personhood of the Holy Spirit. He is the third person of the Godhead. You know, and sad to say today in the churches that I feel like he's the most ignored person of the Godhead in the church today. But I thank God. Oh, his presence is being made known like never before today. He is here with us. And I'm so very grateful that we are attentive and aware of his presence like never before. 1 John 5, 7 says, For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, which we know is Jesus made manifest in the flesh, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. We looked into knowing that the Holy Spirit is not a white cloud. He's not some mystical force. He is not tongues. He is not a white dove. He is the third person of the Godhead. And I'm telling you what, when you know him personally, like you know Jesus as your Savior, your life will forever be changed because he was sent to every single believer to walk with us as we walk victorious in this life to overcome. He was given to walk with us, to be our teacher, to be our guide, to be our comforter, to leave us. Jesus didn't leave us helpless when he left this earth, but he said, I'm going to send you the person of the Holy Spirit to walk with you just like I walked with the disciples. I'm going to send you the person of the Holy Spirit. We also looked into the study of the person of the Holy Spirit, and we looked into different scriptures, and uh, we looked at uh, the different personalities and attributes of the Holy Spirit, his personality, his character. Um, every Christian needs to know, understand, and experience the person of the Holy Spirit. And the question we need to ask ourselves tonight, do you know him? If you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, do you know who abides on the inside of you? Because it is the person of the Holy Spirit. It's not Jesus. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father in heaven. Do you know him? Because whatever we do in this life doesn't go unseen if we've asked Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. We are accountable to him. He sees what we do at all times. He's with us to help us at all times. You are never alone. You are loved by God. He didn't leave you here to fend on your own. God is with you. God is for us. Amen. 
And then the last time, I want to go over, uh, before I do that, go over this scripture. I loved in the book of uh, uh, Corinthians when, when Paul was talking to the Corinth church. And he says, if you want to be a victorious, effective Christian, this is what you must do. And he said in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, Paul was encouraging the Corinth church. He says, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ... Aren't you thankful you have grace for today? Don't you dare worry about tomorrow because grace is going to be there for you tomorrow. Oh, thank God for his grace today. Oh, man, that has blessed me just knowing that. Misty, I'm going to give you grace for whatever you face tomorrow. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I like this verse too because it identifies God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the love of God. If we learn to walk that love walk with the love of God that's been shed abroad in our heart, man, talking about living a stress-free, worry-free, carefree life, Man, when anxiety builds up and you yield to the love of God that's been shed abroad in our heart, guys, it's like putting into practice and walking out. It's not just quoting scriptures. It's walking out the scriptures. It's doing the scriptures. You know, people can quote scriptures all you want to off the top of their head, and you might know scriptures more than me, but are you living out the scripture? Are you walking out the scripture? Uh, the people around you, are they seeing the testimony that's coming out of your mouth? Is your life measuring up? Is our life measuring up to who we say we are? I am a child of God. I am a Christian. Does our life match our witness? And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The fellowship of the Holy Spirit. He is someone that we are to fellowship with every day. If he is supposed to be our teacher, if he is supposed to be our standby, that means he's, he's here, he's on standby. But let me tell you what, he's a gentleman. He will never intrude our life. He's on standby waiting for us just to ask for help. Just to ask. He's an ever-present help in time of need. And then, the last time we talked about the Holy Spirit, we talked about His ministry to the world. The Holy Spirit did not come to condemn the world. Condemnation brings death. The Holy Spirit came to convict the world. Convict the world of sin with the express purpose of reconciling them to God. No one can come to God unless the Holy Spirit draws them. That's why you hear us pray often, Father, draw them by your Holy Spirit. Accept God reveal himself by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does the drawing. The Holy Spirit does the convicting. And we talked about that. Don't take on the job description of the Holy Spirit to convict your loved ones of their sin. That's not our job. 
That jo our job is to be a witness and share the good news. All right, so we're up to speed. That was a really nutshell. So to dive in deeper, you can go back to those lessons. Tonight, I want to get into the three baptisms that we see in the New Testament. Because I want to end up talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But you say, well, Misty, I already have the Holy Spirit within me because I am born again. You are absolutely right. But there is a difference of the baptism within versus the baptism coming upon. And we see that very distinctly throughout the New Testament. It's not just cherry-picking one scripture, but within context of scripture, you see that throughout the, the New Testament of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when he comes upon us. But we're going to get into that. Before we do, I want to talk about the three baptisms in the New Testament. And the first baptism that we see is the baptism into the body of Christ. That happens at salvation. When we give our life to God, when we say, Jesus, come into my life, I make you Lord of my life, we are baptized into the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 13 says, For by one Spirit, the Holy Spirit, we were all immersed and baptized, immersed, or you could say baptized, um, some translations say, and mingled into one single body, talking about the body of Christ. And no matter our status, there is no status in the body of Christ. There is no big eyes and little U's. We are all one in the body of Christ. That's what I love about the family of God, and that's what I love about this house. I love the different ages. I love the different nationalities because this is what heaven's going to look like, and I love it. No matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, thank you, Lord, oppressed or free, we are all privileged to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. So that is called being baptized into the body of Christ when we give our life to God. That's the first baptism we see in the New Testament. So in other words, when we're baptized, we're baptized into the family. The second baptism we see in the New Testament is water baptism. This always comes after salvation. Do I have to be water baptized to be born again or to be in heaven? No. But do I highly recommend it? Absolutely yes. Do you remember Jesus when he gave his life and the thief on the cross? And he gave his life to Jesus. And Jesus said, he said, today you will, I will see you in paradise. He didn't have time to get baptized, but he gave his life to Jesus hanging on the cross. But let me tell you what, that is such a great witness. And I loved when we did that this past Easter. I think that is now, from now on, what we will forever celebrate. I don't know, I don't want to say forever, but I would like to see that every Easter. 
So we see water baptism in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19. Jesus said, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is a divine ordinance that's practiced in the church and that we still do today. It's just an outward expression of what has taken place on the inside. So I want to look tonight of what is the third baptism that we see so clearly in the New Testament. And that is the baptism in the Holy Spirit can happen only after we have given our life to Jesus. Only after we've given our life to Jesus. This is a work where Jesus himself, when we've given our life to him, where Jesus himself immerses the born-again believer into the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit that is within that believer comes upon that believer for a specific purpose. It is for a purpose that we are baptized with the person of the Holy Spirit. Let's look where we see this in Matthew chapter 3. John the Baptist said, Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11, John said, I baptize with water, the water baptism, who repent of their sin and turn to God. But someone is coming soon that is greater than I. Who is he talking about? Jesus. Absolutely. So much greater that I am not worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The spirit within us at the new birth is for the character and the rebirth of the new believer. The spirit upon at the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for the believer for service. It comes for a purpose. You know, I think so many people have some thing in their mind, whether they've been mistaught or they've seen some really messed up stuff, but it's for a purpose. It's not out of order. It's in order, and it's for a purpose. So what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'm so glad you asked me because I have six really good points that Scripture points to that I want to tell you what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's look. Number one, it is the fulfillment of Jesus' words concerning the promise of the Father. Luke 24, 49 said, Jesus said in Luke 24, 49, And behold, he said, I send the promise of my Father upon you. But tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued from power on high. Now you have to understand, this is right after the resurrection of Jesus. And he's commissioned them to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But he's saying, do not dare go and preach the gospel until you've been endued with this power for service. 
The baptism of the Holy Spirit comes with a purpose. It's power for purpose. Jesus never intended for the believer to do life without the person of the Holy Spirit. This is truly a baptism with power. It comes for equipping us with life. I cannot imagine doing life. You know, I often say, I cannot imagine doing life without knowing God as my Savior. And I cannot imagine doing life without being empowered with the person of the Holy Spirit, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, with walking in the fullness of all that God has provided for us. God has equipped every believer to live this life victorious. We're not supposed to be some type of beggars, people. We're not supposed to be less than. We are children of the Most High God. I'm talking people that should be living in victory. People that should be going to God boldly and knowing that when we leave his presence with all honorable fear and trembling, but when we leave his presence from that time of prayer, we know our prayers are answered. That we don't have to live as beggars or begging God, but we know his word. And we come to him with his word. God wants us to live that way. He wants us to live with all that he has provided for us. I, I mean, I cannot imagine that any parent on the face of this earth would ever want their child to be scraping and begging when they had the means to provide everything that they had need for. How would we ever think to put that job description on God? He is not a child abuser. He is not withholding any good thing from us. But he has made provision for us to walk in the victory, to overcome everything that comes our way. Because there are things coming our way. But he's equipped us to overcome. Thank you. There should be victory in our life. I'm not saying we don't have to go through some things sometimes. But you shouldn't be going through all the time. My goodness, where's the light? Where's the lift? Where's the victorious church? Where's the triumphant church? Man, do you know him? Do you know him? Our life should reflect it if we do. Man. I know you love him because you're here tonight. <laughs> and I know you're hungry because you're here tonight. I know you're hungry because you're, you're listening online tonight. We wouldn't be if we weren't. I'm preaching to the choir, I know. Man, I thank God. He comes with purpose. The baptism of the Holy Spirit enables us to witness with boldness like never before. And you know in this house, everywhere we go, we go a-witnessing. I know that I said that kind of funny. But we witness everywhere we go. That's who we are. That's what we do. 
Because we're not keeping the goodness of God to ourselves. This is not a country club. Every time we leave these doors, we go into the mission field. Do you not know that the United States of America is a mission field? Oh, my word. Like never before, we need to be bold with what we know in sharing the goodness and the love of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And just being kind to someone. I heard it said like this. If you don't know a kind person, be that kind person. Because my word, the world surely needs it. And I know if we go filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going filled with that kind of love and that kind of kindness. The phrase baptism and the Holy Spirit, listen, it simply means to be immersed in a relationship with the Holy Spirit himself. Luke eleven thirteen, Jesus said, If you then, being evil, talking about mankind, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? When you speak in an unknown tongue, it is not talking to the enemy. It's not some kind of weird, off-the-wall stuff. Number two, what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? It's the Holy Spirit upon us that empowers us for service. The followers of Jesus were baptized with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, fulfilling Jesus' command to wait in Jerusalem for this experience. And don't even go there because I'm going to bring scripture to that. Well, that was just for the disciples. Oh, no, no. There's so many more scriptures that it was just not for the disciples. Acts 1 and verse 4. It says, And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. We read that earlier, but I want to tie this in with the context. Which saith he, you have heard of me. He was talking to the disciples. For John truly baptized with water, but you, listen, these are born again believers, disciples, followers of Jesus, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized. They already have the Holy Spirit within. But ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Yes, they had the Holy Spirit on the inside of them. But he said, wait. Mm -mm. Wait until you are baptized and endued with power until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Before you go witnessing. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria to the end of the earth. The Holy Spirit gives us that power to be a witness. And that, isn't that what we're supposed to be as disciples and followers of Jesus? Aren't we supposed to be witnesses? 
Hello? Yes, absolutely. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. I love this. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, we no longer have to tarry or wait to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. He has already fully come on the day of Pentecost. He's fully been given. No more tearing, no more waiting. They were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we see here so clearly the evidence of being baptized with the Holy Spirit is the evidence of speaking in an unknown tongue. And we see very clearly here, it's as the Spirit gives utterance. It is so clear, a gift of God to empower the believer. Lord knows we need to be empowered and thank God he knew that. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Our creator, our heavenly father. Number three, what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? It is a language that is from God himself. And I love this because I do this so often. It is for spiritual edification. Do you know we can edify ourselves praying in an unknown tongue? First Corinthians 14 and verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, for no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. And he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. That word in verse 4, edifieth, uh, edified, means to rebuild that which is torn down. There's another translation that says to recharge as if it were like a dead battery. Have you ever, ever in your life felt like, you were just drained, kaput. You had nothing else to give. Or have you ever gone out to start your car and you're like, how do I can't even do that? However you start your car and it won't start, get dead battery. Have you ever felt like that in your life? 
I thank God I can pray in an unknown tongue and edify myself and recharge myself. Thank God. That's how much our Heavenly Father loves us. That's how much you're loved. We're not, I thank God that we can encourage one another. But I thank God when someone else is not there, I thank God I can pray in the Holy Spirit, stirring myself up, edifying myself. When I don't have anybody else to edify, I don't have anybody else to clap, I don't have anybody else to sing for me, I don't have anybody else to help me get my praise on. But I got me, and I've got God, and I can start praying, and I thank God things change. Things begin to turn because the atmosphere begins to turn because something is happening on the inside of me because God is on the inside of me. And the promise that God said to me that if I pray in an unknown tongue, I can edify myself. And it's God in me doing that. It has nothing to do about Misty. And it's all to do about the God in me that's for me. Man, I encourage you, if you're not praying in the Holy Ghost on a daily basis, man, you're missing something really amazing in your relationship with God. That's like not getting into the Word of God every day. He's provided His Word. People have given their life for the Word of God to be pinned and we're not giving time for the Word of God every day, much less that we're not giving time to talk to Him every day, and provision has been made to enter into the Holy of Holies, we need to wake up and stir ourselves up, shake our, get ourselves by the nap of the neck and, and wake up. I'm expecting... And I know you are too. Signs and wonders and miracles by the name of Jesus for this world to see. Because people are dying every single day. And what are we doing about being that witness? When we're needing as much help as the world is needing, what's up with that? But God, in His grace, in His mercy, and his love, man, he always comes in right on time. He is so good. And he is not a pounding and a harsh God. Oh, you missed it again. No, it's not like that. He's just like, okay, here we go. Here's another opportunity. Let's just do better this time. That's how good he is. He's not a hard taskmaster. He's not beating us up over the head tonight. He's just saying, that's just how good I am. I've made all this provision for my kids. Man, don't you love him? This language strengthens the believer. Jude chapter, uh, Jude chapter 20. Jude 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves... That's where you hear us talking about be being filled every single day. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying 
in the Holy Ghost. Man, that's talking about building yourself up. This is where it is. The Greek word of building up yourself in this verse right here means to charge like a battery. Love it. This language is the initial evidence of the evidence that someone has received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Here we see in Acts chapter 10 and verse 44, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. And the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed, listen, that the gift, not just the disciples, but the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on all the Gentiles too. Glory to God. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising God. And then Peter asked, can anyone object to their being baptized? And now they have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. Glory to God. You see, the Holy Spirit gives us words to say. But it's not like we just open up our mouth and then some odd words come out. You use your voice box. You use your voice. He just gives us unction of words to say. John chapter 7 and verse 38. He who believes in me, Jesus said, who cleaves to and trusts in me and relies on me, as the scriptures have said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs of rivers of living water. But he was speaking here of the Spirit, whom those who had believed, trusted, had faith in him, who were afterward to receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet been glorified and raised to honor. You see so clearly the difference of being saved and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and then asking to be baptized with the Holy Spirit when he comes upon you for service. But wait into Jerusalem until you be endued with power. Don't you ever think you would ask the Father of anything that he would give you something harmful, Jesus said. We read that scripture. Very quickly. Number four, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? You can only receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit if you have been born again. Because we see this in Acts chapter 8 and verse 4. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word, sharing the gospel. You must be born again. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake. They gave heed to it. 
So that means they gave their life to Christ, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. But then we skip down. We see that they gave their life to Christ. And then we see down in verse 12 of that same chapter. But when they believed Philip's preaching, the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized into water, both men and women. Then Simon himself believed also. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and wondered, beholding the miracles and signs which were done. Now when, the, you got to grasp this. Now when the apostles were at Jerusalem, heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to those same people, Peter and John, who when they went down to where they were, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Two clearly distinct things. Then laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Number five. We got two more. This is the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a promise for every child of God who asks. It is a promise for every child of God who asks. Luke 11, verse 11. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he for a fish give him a serpent? Or if he ask an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? Joel, any believer can receive this gift. Listen to this. I love this verse. Joel chapter 2 and verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions and also upon your servants and upon your handmaidens, and in those days I will pour out my spirit. Thank God for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and He is available for all who ask. And this is the last point for the night. What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Number six, it helps us pray according 
to the perfect will of the Father. Is there anybody in this room that runs out of words when you're praying? I know. Even women are raising their hands on that. Everybody runs out of words when you're praying because you don't always know exactly maybe what to pray. Or even if you have scriptures and you know exactly God's will on something, sometimes you feel like, I just want to pray a little bit more on that. But when we know we're praying in the Holy Ghost, we're praying the very perfect will of God. Or if you know, have you ever in your Christian walk felt like you have just had a spiritual upset stomach? That you are so disturbed about something and you can't even put words to articulate. But you're just disturbed in your life and you feel like something's just not right. I don't feel right about something. Or you're awakened in the middle of the night. Thank God we can pray in the Holy Ghost and we know we're talking to our Heavenly Father and we're praying out the very perfect will of God. Romans 8:26 says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. I thank God. Oh, he sent us a helper. I thank God he sent us the person of the Holy Spirit. And I thank God that he comes upon us and empowers us. Oh, in every part of our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. I know I have thrown a lot of scripture at you tonight, but I know talking about this subject, you're going to have to have scripture upon scripture upon scripture. And I tell you what, I thank God that we see throughout the word of God, God's will concerning the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Just like salvation we hear the word of God, which is his will. We ask, and then we receive by faith. Just like we do salvation, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if we are born again. So what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? The fulfillment of Jesus' words concerning the promise of the Father. It's the Holy Spirit upon us that empowers the believer for service. Number three, it's a language from God himself for spiritual edification. It is received only after you've been born again. It is a promise for everyone who asks that's been born again. And number six, the Holy Spirit helps us pray according to the word of God. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful that it forever changed my life. I'm so thankful when I gave my life to Jesus at the age of seven. 
He was so real to me because I had a mom that didn't know God. I had a father that didn't know God. I was raised by a single mom, but I knew God for myself. He was real to me. You can't talk me out of it because it wouldn't make believe. It wouldn't put on because I wasn't raised in the house with that. I wasn't brought up with knowing that in my house, but I knew him for myself when I was invited and I gave my life to Jesus. He was real to me at the age of seven. And at the age of eight years old, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I've been praying in an unknown tongue ever since. And I thank God because I've seen some whoppers of a day. And I thank God he has got me through and kept me all the days of my life. I'm so grateful that he's real to me. He's not just words on a page, but knowing God, my Father. I know Him because I talk to Him every day. That's how we pray. We pray to the Father. And I know Jesus, my Savior. And I know the person of the Holy Spirit because He abides on the inside of me. He walks with me. I yield to him. I don't over, I have overridden him at times. I'm not perfect. I've made mistakes. I've made wrong decisions. But I purpose to be more attentive every single day. He's not expecting perfection. Nobody's perfect. That's why we needed a savior. But we can do better tomorrow. We can do better the next day. We can do better at yielding to him every single day and making sure the most important relationship that we need to work on is our relationship with God the Father, God the Son, and the person, God, the Holy Spirit. You're never alone. Father, I thank you. You're always making yourself more real to us. You love us so much. And God, I thank you. The Father, as these opportunities are always given, Father, for salvation, for rededication, for the infilling of the Holy Spirit, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. We always come against that spirit of fear because you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. God, we thank you for the truth of your word that we will always choose to walk in the fullness of your word. And God, for that, we give you all the glory and the honor and the praise. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.